This is Scott Pilgrim vs. The Minute 38. Welcome to the Scott Pilgrim vs. the Minute podcast, the show where we review and analyze the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, one minute at a time. He didn't make up the gay rule book, Dave Castile. Hey, take it up with Liberace's ghost. <laughs> well, some people f- confuse him with Liberace's ghost, and that's Sam Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens. I'll admit. And he was a pretty good skater, and now he's a pretty good actor, Dave Campfield. Hey, come on, guys. I don't need you gaining up the place on me. <laughs> all right, we've covered this minute. What next? <laughs> we got it all out. So we pick up this minute uh, with uh, Scott opening the closet. And uh, you, know, you know when I say someone, I mean me, right? And Because uh, he got to second base last night. So studio audience. First and a half. Yep, rolling on it's, through this minute. <laughs> so what, what is first and a half? Right, maybe first and a half. Yeah. What, what, no, what is that? Like, <laughs> I think people people's definition of first base, second base, third base tends to vary depending on who you're talking to. So, like, you have to vague enough where you just use your imagination. To right. Figure out it, it, exactly. What it, it was there to make maybe the studio he was audience thinking laugh. about second base, but didn't actually physically get there. <laughs> Not committing all the way to second base, whatever second base might be by his definition. Obviously, the first date was in a park, so maybe they just kind of stopped halfway between while walking around the bases. Well, he also stayed the <laughs> night and just slept in the Well, yeah. <laughs> I would like to ask you guys right off the bat, since I brought it up before, why on earth is it so funny and not offensive when Michael, well, when Scott Pilgrim says uh, so sweetly and cutely? Uh, you know, I don't really want you staying here. I don't want you gang up the place, right. which is, if it's said the wrong way, is an extremely offensive thing to say to somebody, I'm assuming, you know, but, but he, why is it that a line that could easily be considered as homophobic mm-hmm. comes off completely hilarious? Well, it's what I kind of commented. I was messaging the guys earlier as I was watching through the minutes. I'm like, this guy Pilgrim's very risky in his lines in this block of five minutes yeah. <laughs> and well, this is where he's an asshole but this is yeah. where it starts with that and yes why is it because i guess it's just because we've like sam just said he's already been established as this guy so he's it, it's not so much that it's about familiarity um it's the banter you, he has with wallace you you can say certain things in certain contexts with the right people sure it's all about context he has established that context it is it is safe for him and and wallace very well you know he could say it in front of somebody else in the room who doesn't have it and wallace would call him out on it and you know he would uh but but as far as scott knows at this point it's just the two of them in the room and kind of loud they are sleeping in the same and they sleep in the same bed There is some level of familiarity there. With with another Scott, it's even. Like um, first and a half base, at least. But, but Wallace does kind of give him a little bit of a dirty look, but then he kind of drops it and agrees, you know, fine. But uh, Yeah, but not. But that's not why he gives him the dirty look. He gives him the dirty look because he's getting kicked out of his own right, house. That's right. true. I missed yeah. that part. Yeah, so. You know, I, I, you, you, I interpreted it the correct way. I interpreted it as did Brian, which is like he was offended by... 
by the gay comic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bitch, this is my house. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's pissed that Scott's just insisting right here that that he has to leave because Scott has a thing. I mean that right. that way his face just changes in that moment. Yeah, Ramona's coming over. You can't be here, and uh, but Wallace agrees. He's like, you know, but I got to issue an ultimatum, and it's a uh, a famous ultimatum. Is it one of your infamous ultimatums or whatever he said? And then uh, that that Scott is going to have to. Uh, Break up with uh, knives. That that what do you call her? Poor angel. Poor sweet. Thing. Poor, sweet poor sweetheart. Angel. Yeah. Poor angel. Sweet angel. Yeah. And Scott grunts, and it, it's very Sam response. He grunts and <laughs> whines. He's like, "It's hard." <laughs> Adulting man. <laughs> and uh, he threatens to tell uh, Wallace threatens to tell Ramona about knives if he doesn't break up with him. And that's where we realize somebody else is in the apartment, and Jimmy stayed the night. As Jimmy walks oh, Jimmy. through the room uh, saying good morning, where uh, Scott yells double standard while pointing at Jimmy. And I love the sense of Michael Sarah here with pointing at Jimmy, following his finger, following him across the room. Yeah. And uh, that's where Wallace says, you know, you know, don't bring up the gay rule book. You can take it up with Liberace's ghost. But he then just slaps. He swats him with the spatula. With the spatula. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, he did. He did just go grab the bacon and walk away. <laughs> Dave can't feel it. Yeah, well, on the uh, on the DVD uh, trivia track, it it said when when he said take it up with the Liberace's ghost. There was a bit of trivia that said Liberace was a famous pianist from the 1950s through 80s. And I'm thinking, has he fallen like that out of fame so much <laughs> that anybody below like 25 would wouldn't have heard of him? Like to right. me, he's still like that. He's still famous enough where I think you know the name still means something. When was that movie about him on HBO? Wasn't that a couple years ago? That was still yeah, that Beyond after, the Candelabra was after Matt this Damon. movie. Yeah. That's that certainly brought his name back into vogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. Scott calls Wallace a monster. Wallace uh, tells tells him to give him the bacon and to go do his dirt. <laughs> and Any uh, I ask you guys? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I was going to ask, what do you think of the casting of Michael Sarah? How he plays it, and is it accurate to what you see the story to be? Now, whoever's read the comic amongst you knows better. But is Michael Sarah truly compatible with what's on the page? Well, I think he's great in the film. I find him to be a little different in book, just because he doesn't look. He wasn't drawn as dorky yeah so to speak yeah. uh he was uh drawn f to look you know just well, something like a michael j fox when like back yes. to the future era like seems to be like what they were going for yeah i mean he wasn't drawn to look as much of a tool but as Michael. he Sarah has looked. almost no features <laughs> <laughs> but, it's a but comic. that being said yeah you, in, in in the book you don't get the intonations and all that but you get a lot of the lines because this movie's pretty tr faithful to a lot of the lines uh and so but I mean, I love Michael Sarah in it. I, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing this role. Yeah, uh, he's he's so ingrained in it. And if we were to sit there and do a recasting, I'm not even sure where I begin. Otherwise, I'm saying like, you know, I don't know what Jesse Eisenberg. And it's like basically, I'm just picking his Hollywood twin. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I would I was saying like, wouldn't you imagine like Michael J. Fox circa 1985 at that kind of squeaky, playful voice? And I think that's another direction that they could have took it in, like an, an actor like that, which is a very different interpretation. But has the charm, the sweetness, and the dickishness to go like throwing the one. Yeah, you you know, could have had that Marty McFly uh, era, Teen Wolf era. 
go into that. Yeah. Well, D- Dave, do you do you like uh, Sarah? You know, the casting of Sarah. He's he's. I'm not a huge Michael Sarah fan. This is probably the thing I've seen him in that I like the most. I don't dislike him. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I kind of think he's a little a little overrated. I think he could easily be recast uh, in this. I think there's a lot of talented actors out there that could do. You could get. Um, hell, you can get Zac Efron to do this because we've seen that he can play kind of that dorky side and kind of go back and yeah. forth, and he'd be a little more believable as the supposed lady killer that, you know, that, that Julie be, yeah. referred to him as. Uh, it's just an example. I think it could be done. That's a good um, one. When Disney, re- was, yeah, when Disney remakes it, I bet they'll you know try to figure out a way to cast one of their... This isn't Fox. I didn't buy this one yet, did they? Um, so... It's he's fine. Um, he's he's mostly. Ble- I haven't read the book, so I can't do a a book to screen comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's not fair of me. Just I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I do have a bad tendency to confuse him and Jesse Eisenberg and whoever the guy is on uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, Adam, yeah, Adam Sandberg. Yeah, Adam yeah, Sandberg, I, yeah. They're all the same person to me. They, they come from that uh, different hair. Yeah. <laughs> no, the hair really isn't all that different. Um, so it's, yeah. Andy Samberg. Andy, Andy Samberg. Andy yeah. Samberg. Yep. So, all right. No, it's, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. That might be something once movie's done and true, we do a special podcast where we try to recast this film. And <laughs> recast everybody. <laughs> we can see how that goes. Um, so Wallace talks about how he's going to watch a Lucas Lee marathon, and uh, Scott has no idea who that is, and that's where Lucas Lee you know, is a pretty good skater and turned into a pretty good actor. And he's filming a Winifred Haley movie in Toronto right now, and I had to go look up who the heck Winifred Haley is. I was going to ask, is that a real person? She is a fictional actress in the Scott Pilgrim universe. <laughs> <laughs> she is in the books. She's in, apparently... Um, the book, the second book, and the sixth book, and she's actually got a prominent role in one of the later books. But in the movie, was only had a little bit of screen time that we'll see later. But yeah, and Winifred that, Haley is an actress that's a co-starring with him in that movie. Yeah. So okay, I was thinking it was supposed to be like you know a writer director, a Dave Campfield that you know, hey, right. it's a Dave Campfield movie type. I mean, honestly, that's what I thought it was. I was assuming they were they were. That it was some pulling out director. Like that's what yeah, I thought. Because I, thought... I don't know directors as well as I do actors and actresses. That's what I thought. I was going to look it up and see if I could find some. It was going to be some director who's obscure or something like that. That but has some sort of ties similar to uh, what we're talking about with the shirt that uh, Sloan and Scott Sloan, Pilgrim right. itself. And, right. Yeah. So there would be uh, some sort of tie to it. But no, it really was just a fictional character. So. Uh, and that's all I have for the scene. Any other notes, uh, Sam? I know you like to jump in when I cut you off. Uh, anything uh, else from this minute? Uh, I was I was just thinking back, like you missed this, and you missed that, um, <laughs> and and now I'm looking at my notes, which are too verbose to actually <laughs> take anything out. I love the details that are on the newspaper that Wallace holds up, mm-hmm. and I know I'm sure Dave. Got all these as well. Yeah, <laughs> from you, the see next better, you see them better in the next minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yes, uh, I he, do have copious notes on this. <laughs> he uh, holds up. It's like chairman of the board from skater to Hollywood megastar. Mm-hmm. And then in the bottom corner, it's the food guide to Toronto, Toronto's top 10,000 Chinese restaurants. <laughs> in the next minute, you will find out who Lucas Lee is, in fact, based on. Yep. And, it's not who uh, you're thinking. I can because when I found out, I was surprised. 
but it is there is a skater turned actor that he is based on. Christian oh, Slater. I know Christian Slater from like. Oh, we'll get into the next <laughs> minute. No, he's not gleaming the cube. Because if we're talking gleaming the cube, I mean, this was almost the gleaming the cube podcast. So we were almost. <laughs> it, it, we, it was. We were almost gleaming the minute. So. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're Dave, please reserve that, that domain name right now. So. Know, somebody, somebody's already doing it. <laughs> All right. Um, and I, I, like, me an idea. I like the backside of that paper uh, where you see the movie that he's doing and all you get is like, all you can see is the, the tagline on it that says, kiss me, I'm dying. Yes. Dave Castile right now is dying, as a matter of fact. Yes. Dave's notorious for coughing himself into a fit. <laughs> the cough wheeze. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't smoked in 15 years, but I still have the smoker's hack. I haven't quite figured that out. <laughs> so yeah. I just see a camera too. <laughs> Somebody having a, what looks like a horrific bout of coughing with the microphone off. Yeah. But he's alive. Uh, so yeah. Good. Still here. Still kicking. All right. So. Well, that'll do it for this minute. Uh, Dave Castillo, how can they uh, communicate with us if you can I had a couple of last-minute questions. Hang on here. Well, throw them in there uh, before you tell us who we are. We're coughing in the meantime. If <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sure you were able to handle it. Well, at this point, it doesn't even matter because I don't think it, it – so was there were four slices of bacon. Was this yeah. an opportunity that was maybe wasted to put <laughs> the bacon into X's? Just kind of a random putting yeah. them on there yeah, uh, or to use the bacon later. Mm -hmm. And with the number to going into the fourth evil X or anything like that, was this was this a waste? This this is kind of specific to 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 Dave here. I can call him that. You guys have to call us out by name, but right. to Dave, <laughs> um, uh, with, as a director, was that kind of a wasted opportunity? Do you think that he could have just put them in X's? Well, I was, you know, I was looking at the bacon. I was thinking it, there's almost a message here. Like uh, they're gonna try to form everything them, else has a message. Like Breaking so. Bad, and there's so much going on in the frame itself. Uh, in general that i i think it wouldn't have necessarily contributed uh but and no one prepares bacon oh you know in x in x form so it might have been they could have done that and it would have worked visually but then it would have been like distracting and like sort of like you guys are overdoing it sure yeah. so because we have an expert in bacon brian does nobody <laughs> actually prepare <laughs> I, I don't uh, oh bacon overlapping okay. an x in <laughs> typically if the you, mission trivia book yeah if you do that right away it might uh it might stick together so it's probably good but that i was you lay them looking for the singly. symbolism in four though because it's four strips mm -hmm. that's kind of where i was going with that is either to do the x's or the, or the four with the with the yeah. fourth uh, evil x or it just it felt like a wasted opportunity to me yeah, possibly. There was a lot uh, of other symbolism going on no. in these in these moments. So, and I did find a bit of trivia. We were talking about the Chevron last week on uh, yep. Matthew Patel's jacket. I did find a bit of trivia that the reason they made that one Chevron was because he was the first Evil X, and oh. each X has a number of something on them that That's corresponds true, they to do. the number they are. So he made the conscious change to make it one Chevron. Uh, well, that was that was what I had been looking for. Right. Uh, when we happened to find that bizarre screenshot, which you never posted. Well, uh, well you said you were going to give it to me, but anyway. Okay. Fine. <laughs> All right. So All well, right, that that'll do this minute. Yeah. Tell us how to uh, the fans how to reach us. Uh, where am I here? Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at Scott versus Minute. You can find us on the interwebs at Scott versus Minute dot com. We are on Facebook at Scott versus Minute. You can. Email us at, uh, oh, what are we at? Scott versus minute at gmail.com. Let's do that one. And then, Sam, how can uh, people find you and I? 
You can find Brian and I reviewing obscure streaming movies at streamingnonsense.com. And Dave Camfield, any uh, place you want people to go to find you? Hey, you know, you can find me on Facebook too. Just put in Dave Campfield. I'm one of the 20 that comes up. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, better yet, just Dave Campfield on Twitter. And, you know, I'm always posting about the, the podcast that I do and the films that I worked on. So hope to see you there. Very good. Find Dave and I at uh, podcastderby.com and uh, check out moviesbyminutes.com for all of the films that are being handled one minute at a time. That's going to do it for this minute, and we will see you all in just a minute.